Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Cohen's Corner. We are officially in off-season mode now, as the World Series ended a couple weeks ago. The GM meetings are underway this week, and there's a lot kind of going on. You know, teams are starting to have conversations about off-season transactions, whether that's trades or free agents. There are um, players being extended options, qualifying offers, all sorts of kind of transactional lingo being thrown around in the baseball world this week. There's managers being hired. There's managers being fired. Just this week alone, there's been a lot of news, particularly on that front. The Mets hired a new manager as well, so we'll be talking about that. And yeah, we have got a lot to get into. So to get us started, Jake, I kind of want to just talk a little bit about, so obviously, you know, the Mets had this very disappointing season, did not make the playoffs. And, but on pretty much the first day of their off season, they introduced David Stearns as their new president of baseball operations. They had his whole kind of introductory press conference. He's done some media since then talking about various things, plans he has, visions he has for the team and kind of what his priorities are going to be. And he's been talking to a media this week as well at the GM meetings in Arizona. He had a whole pretty extensive segment on MLB Network yesterday. Also talked to New York reporters um, in other media sessions. So I kind of just want to like take your temperature as a Mets fan. What are you kind of feeling about what you've heard from him so far and what you expect or hope the offseason looks like based on the impression that he's given off and the things that he said? Because it seems like, you know, this is a guy the Mets clearly targeted and wanted for this position. He seems like he will get a pretty long leash to do his thing. So with him in place for at least the next several years, what do you think? What are you thinking from him so far? Well, I mean, everything he's said so far, obviously it's only been what a month since he got hired, not even, but everything he said so far has been great. I mean, I'm happy he's saying they're not going to trade Alonzo. I mean, that's something we've talked about, hope that they can lock him up long-term, whether that's now or in free agency next year. Um, I love that he said they're going to prioritize starting pitching because besides Senga and Quintana, I mean, obviously you have depth guys. I know Peterson's hurt. You have McGill, Buto. You have some guys towards the back end of the rotation you could use, but they really need to go after some starting pitching this offseason if they're going to be competitive like they say they're going to be next year. So I like that he said they're going to pri- prioritize that. Um, yeah, it's just – it's. I feel like ever since Cohen got the team, we've been hearing about David Stearns and how they've been wanting to hire him, and it's just – it's crazy that it's finally happened. You know, It kind of seemed like it was just going to be a pipe dream forever because whether – the Brewers wouldn't give permission for him to come over, and the owner has a vendetta against Steve Cohen. It seems like there's all this stuff going on. It's exciting. I think it's cool that the Mets finally have a president of baseball operations. They're not going to have a GM this offseason, which is fine, but Stearns has a really good track record, first in Houston and then in Milwaukee. So I'm really excited. Hopefully he can build the pitching that he helped build in his previous two spots, and uh, the Mets will be off and running. But, yeah, it should be a really exciting offseason. Yeah, I hope so. And I think I think it's interesting one thing – he said, and sort of relates to what you were saying about, you know, being the GM in Milwaukee and then the president of baseball operations, it was obviously a very successful franchise the years he was there. I mean, they didn't necessarily have extended runs in the playoffs every year, but the Brewers have pretty much been good almost every year for the last like decade. So that is what a lot of teams pretty much are striving for is to at least be competitive every year. And they, they were, and he was able to do that with not tons of room for lavish contracts for free agents and the type of spending money pretty much to acquire prospects like the Mets did this past season at the trade deadline. Stearns didn't really have those resources. And something he said this week, which I thought was interesting, was talking about how when he was in Milwaukee, he got really good at 
looking around every corner at players and avenues that other teams weren't necessarily looking at because there was probably not the, you know, green light for nine figure contracts every off season to be given out. Now with the Mets, he has a lot more of those financial resources than he ever had, but he was saying one of the challenges is to still be looking around those corners and still be trying to find value that other people might not be finding or find value in places that aren't necessarily obvious. And so I I kind of appreciate, you know, it's not like the Mets are going to, he's not going to be, you know, have that kind of spendthrift and like frugal attitude necessarily. But I think he still doesn't want to just approach this job with the mindset that like money solves everything because there's so many other processes they have to, they can put in place in terms of player development, especially, which is something, you know, we've talked about. They haven't really, really developed much pitching since kind of the last wave of, you know, the DeGrom, Harvey, Syndergaard, Matt's debuts, really since like their rookie sophomore seasons, the Mets really haven't developed that much, really any frontline pitching since then. They've had a couple of homegrown relievers pretty much, and that's sort of been it. And, you know, we have kind of Peterson and McGill who have been back of the rotation to AAA level pretty much. And there hasn't really been a lot of frontline pitching being developed in this organization. The position player side has you know, there's a lot more players that we're excited about on that front than on the pitching side. So I think that area is going to be somewhere there. Hopefully they can develop and find as much value as possible. But I'm impressed that, you know, I feel like he obviously and they're also going to focus, I think, spending on the right players. If the Mets don't think that like Blake Snell or whoever is worth $200 million, they're not going to give him that contract. And there's a lot of the even a lot of the free agents that are available this offseason. I don't think the Mets would be wise to just give tons of money to just because they theoretically could, because, you know, there's obviously repercussions for spending at the level they have with like the luxury tax and draft pick penalties and all of that. So I think he has a very intelligent background and mindset going into this with the slight more resources than he's had. I'm excited to see kind of how that those two worlds meld with like Steve Cohen having, you know, $15 billion or whatever, and putting a lot of it into the Mets and Stearns coming from a relatively small market team who he, where he was able to be successful. So I'm excited to see kind of how those two worlds meld. And it seems like at least again, kind of talk is cheap until we actually see what the Mets end up doing. But I've definitely been encouraged by the perspectives I've heard. Yeah. It's obviously, like you said, it's all talk right now, but it all sounds pretty good. And it's nice that the Mets finally have some stability yeah, it's great that he's coming from a situation in Milwaukee where he couldn't spend a lot and was able to find those diamonds in the rough. And he obviously used analytics, but he balanced, He wasn't fully all in on analytics. It was a nice balance, and I think that's kind of what he's going to bring over to the Mets, which is nice. He's already talked about the pitching lab that he built for the Brewers. He's doing that for the Mets. And, yeah, it's he's obviously a really smart guy. He's young. He went to Harvard. He actually – I know a lot of people know this, but he interned with the Mets in 06, 07, but – the Wilpons didn't want to hire him full time. We all know how they were, but yeah, it's exciting. I think he's going to do a lot of good things for the team. I know you brought up Snell. I don't. I don't see them going after him. I think the this only is an example of like, yeah, you know, there was free agents that they could afford, but it doesn't necessarily but mean that he's got. I feel should. like he's got flop written all over him. Like he had a great year, and he's had a couple great years, but he also only goes five, six innings most. You know, like I feel like that's not a guy they'd go after. But yeah, I know you're just using that as an example. I mean, Aaron Nola's on the market. I just, I think the big starting pitching pitcher that they're going to go after and they should go after is Yamamoto 
from Japan. He looks, I mean, obviously you never know until he gets here how his game is going to translate to MLB. But I mean, if Sango was any indication, I think Yamamoto's, he's even, he's way more hyped than Sango and he's what, six years younger. He's only 25 years old. So that's really exciting. And it's going to be the first, I think, bidding war between the Mets and Yankees since Steve Cohen bought in a team. while. Yeah, yeah. It looks like both of them are going to go after and And it might be the first, I mean, it's the first time probably in our life lifetime that they're going to, there's a bidding war and maybe the Mets have the advantage. Like obviously always, if they, the two of them were to go after free agents in the past, the Yankees had more resources than the Mets, but obviously times have changed. So yeah, I, I hope that they go after Yamamoto. I mean, I think he should be, I mean, obviously they're going to make a run at Otani, but I really think Yamamoto should probably be the top priority for them this offseason. If he's going to be as good as people think he can be, he's won the equivalent of the Cy Young in Japan, that award. He's won that the last three years. I think at least one of those years, maybe two, he won the MVP. So he's just unbelievable. His numbers are insane. The other day he pitched in the Japan Series, which is their World Series, Game 6, and he, I think he threw like 130-something pitches, had 14 strikeouts. It was the most strikeouts the Japan pitchers ever had in in the Japan series, I think you Darvish had 13, but it's, yeah, he should be really good. And I think Stearns is a guy that's not going to be afraid to go after guys, especially now that he has those resources, like you said, that he didn't have in Milwaukee. So I hope he doesn't just get spent happy, which I don't think he will because of how smart of a guy he is. But I think he's going to make the right decisions and hand out those big contracts when he deems necessary. And I mean, he said it in his opening press conference that you can't just build a team through free agency. You have to supplement them and make the right moves at the right times um, and build up through the farm system. So I just hope they don't make any crazy trades, trading prospects that could come back to bite them in future years. But I, I'm i excited. I think he's a really smart guy, and I think the arrow's pointing up for the Mets for sure. Yeah, and I think, like you were saying, it seems like Yamamoto, based on what I've heard and just sort of based on what he offers – would be a guy that would be worth spending a lot on because again, he's only 25, but he already has this track record in high, you know, playoff situations over there and has had so much success in Japan in his career. And also having Senga on the Mets who has even said like he would help recruit Yamamoto or I, I forget exactly what the quotes were, but essentially having Senga and having the success that he's had and the, really, really strong first season that he had in New York. You know, he's a finalist for the NL Rookie of the Year, which I know he's he's not really a rookie by experience standards, but in terms of MLB service time, technically he's a rookie. And probably just missed out on being a Cy Young finalist, honestly. this he The Cy Young finalists this year, I think, are Snell, Zach Gallon, and Logan Webb. I would imagine Sangha will probably finish in like the top six or seven, at least in yeah, that. Maybe even top five, yeah. And I mean, you really couldn't have asked for a better rookie season. So with that kind of in mind, not that obviously all Japanese pitchers are not built the same. And Yamamoto is probably, he doesn't have the exact arsenal that Senga has. He comes with his own, you know, he's just a completely different person, even though they pitch in the same league and come from the same country. So with that said, it's not like you could just extrapolate what Senga has done to what Yamamoto could do. But it really seems like that would be that would be someone who that would be worth putting all their eggs in one basket for. And then maybe some of the other like MLB free MLB free agents that other teams are going to go after. Yeah. Like Nola Snell, who else is available? Sonny Gray, Eduardo Rodriguez, you know, Montgomery. Maybe Montgomery. He's going to get a lot of money after his, I wouldn't mind season. if they made a run at him. Cause he'll get good pay after what he did in the playoffs, but he's, he goes, he posts up all the time and he's just, he's very consistent. Oh, definitely. And 
And I mean, he was really pretty good for the Yankees for a number of years. Yeah, he was. Yeah. So it's not like he, it's not like he can't, I mean, we're, he's already proven he can pitch well in New York too. So yeah, uh, that would be interesting. I I feel like it'll be interesting to see, say they do get Yamamoto, like what, because I I think by my estimation, they'll probably need to sign like one really good pitcher, one like back end pitcher. Yeah. They'll have, and someone they already have will be like the five starter. Honestly, Based on how he pitched like last season, I really personally feel like Lucchese should get a good shot to just yeah. be their fifth starter. He's well, Buto. Well Buto looked pretty good too. Yeah, definitely. And you know who knows? Again, teams always need like eight starting pitchers. So yeah. if if Buto can has sort of proven that, maybe he's like first up in case anyone gets injured. I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think spring train. Like I don't see the Mets signing three star. To be honest, I don't really see them signing more than like two notable yeah, no. free agents. Yeah. Because they, you know, just based on kind of what they've been saying, and, you know, who knows if what Mike Vassell might have to offer. I think he was in AAA at the end of last year. I'm He didn't have tons of time there, but I wouldn't be surprised if they he gets at least an extended look in spring training. They've got other pitchers kind of climbing through the ranks. I know Christian Scott had a really good year in AA. He wouldn't be on, like, the opening day roster necessarily, but I'm not 100% sure, like, how the pitching is going to shape up, but either way, I don't realistically see the Mets signing more than, like, two guys people are actually interested in as so if Yamamoto could be one of those I don't know who the other ends up being but I I think like that if that is their focus which it seems like based on what we've heard it will be then that seems worth it to me and if they don't end up getting him then maybe they can pivot somewhere else but yeah I think they will pivot if they don't get Yamamoto they'll still they'll go after like an Aaron Nola or somebody like that I know we talked about Snell a little bit he scares me but I just he's just not an enjoyable watch like I don't care you know what I mean some pitchers you are just more enjoyable to watch regardless of like the final line he doesn't give you enough innings like I just he walks too many people it's just excruciating as a fan to have a pitcher who walks like even if he strikes out like the next three batters it's just excruciating to have a pitcher who, I mean, he led the. I feel like the Mets MLB have had so much of that year. in their history. Yeah, Fantasy I know. I have can't. so much potential and just like don't attack. Not that this is Snell because obviously he's probably going to win the Cy Young this year, but like Steven Matz had all the potential in the world, another lefty. And he would just I feel like sometimes he was just walking everyone. And he couldn't find the zone. He always had the stuff, you know, but it was like you said, excruciating to watch. And obviously, like I said, Snell's on a whole different level, but yeah, I wouldn't go after Snell. But I, mean, I also don't he, see him as like a again. Maybe I'm underestimating him. I just don't see. I mean, him he's as good. A, this will be his second Cy Young award. So I mean, that that's no, absolutely something. I just don't necessarily see him as like a New York fit necessarily. No. I don't know why. Something about like his personality to me. I, again, maybe I'm underestimating him. He just I don't know. I don't. I like. I just feel like that relationship between like him. I just could see a world where it just like wasn't a happy marriage him coming to new york either mets or yankees to be honest which i'm sure especially after you know the undisappointing first season that rodon had for the yankees they'll probably be going after someone in free agency yeah and i think the yankees really need to go after hitting you know like someone like bellinger or something like that yeah that seems like there's been a lot of kind of links there i'll be curious to see especially (laughs) bellinger being a lefty i'd be curious to see if that comes to fruition that'd be a good fit i think but you know who knows? He like struggled for a few years. Had a really good twenty twenty three. Yeah, he was and fine so, healthy, and you saw he won the MVP a few years ago. So, but a really good player. But what yeah. I mean, even the Mets though, I feel like they needed a little hitting. They need to go after maybe a DH. There's a couple guys that didn't get qualifying offers. Teoscar Hernandez, Soler, yeah, Soler. People have thrown out Reese Hoskins. I wouldn't mind Reese Hoskins on a one year deal. Gets on base. 
mean, other than that, though, I mean, Vientos looked really good towards the end of the year, so maybe they give him a shot. But if they're going to go externally, those are three guys to keep an eye on, especially because they don't have draft compensation tied to them. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I do think, pop, though, so. I do. Re- I mean, I guess on the position player front, like, it, I feel like between among between the young players they have, between, like, the Beatty, Alvarez, Vientos, Mauricio crew, somewhere in there, the DH, I, like, I don't necessarily know if they need to devote that many resources to that when I feel like among the the hit like the hitting the position player prospects they have, they could probably fill that role. Do they necessarily want it to be a complete revolving door among those players? I don't know. Yeah. But I'm also not convinced giving like Teoscar Hernandez like a bunch of money is really what if it's a one year deal? Really think, yeah, maybe it's... one year deal, but I'm I, saying I like he's they... a little older, so I mean, I don't so Lair, you would need to give probably at least a two year deal too. But I think Hernandez and even with Soler and Hernandez, they could both play the outfield, which I think the Mets could use like a left fielder, so at least yeah. they wouldn't be stuck. It's not like a Vogelback or really a Vienna, yeah, let's play a little infield, but you'd be able to at least have some versatility and put them in the outfield from time to time. Obviously, they'd probably DH more often than not. But if you wanted to get one of those younger guys in the lineup, you could definitely put them in the outfield, which would help them, I think, tremendously. No, that's true. And yeah, I'm just thinking like, I feel like we were just clamoring last season to let the kids play. And I feel like if they sign one of these guys, they're going to get like too much playing time and everyone's going to be complaining again that like Vientos or whoever isn't getting a fair shake. And so I'm just like, again, who knows what the Mets will end up doing, but I think they'll sign like a hitter in some form but i just hope they don't sign someone who ends up taking like tons of at bats away from potentially seeing what the mets have in among their position player prospects who we've heard so much about a lot of them have been in the organization for like five years plus some of them so since they were teenagers so not that they shouldn't sign like any hitters and should run run it back with the entire offensive unit i don't necessarily think uh, offense slash position player unit but I don't necessarily think like I agree maybe like a one-year deal for a veteran could make sense if they need to supplement like the bench but I don't necessarily think they need to like sign a guy to be their full-time DH when I do feel like the young players they have are just more I don't know maybe more interesting for fans to watch and kind of continue to develop attachment to. I don't know. And I they're going like to they you know, like I liked Stern said that they're not really going to go externally to fill third base. Yeah. They're going to probably run Beatty, Mauricio, sometimes Vientos out there, which Beatty. I like a lot. But... And that's what other teams are doing. Again, you look at some other teams like the Reds and the Orioles who have a glut of prospects, especially in infielders. You know, the Orioles, for example, I mean, a lot of those prospects are probably maybe better than the Mets prospects in those positions. But for example, the Orioles have Jackson Holiday, who's the number one prospect in baseball who plays shortstop, probably will be up, I'm guessing, opening day of next year based on like his progression or at least early of next year. And so, but they have the likely rookie of the year, Gunnar Henderson, who played a lot of shortstop this year. So like, where is he going to play if Holiday comes up? They also have Jordan Westberg, who plays mostly the infield. They have a guy, Ramon Urias, who won the gold glove two years ago, who plays third, who I think is still under contract for next year. So, and the Reds, they had like Ellie De La Cruz, Noel V. Marte, Matt McLean, like Jonathan India. They got all the, and a couple others. I mean, they don't have Votto anymore. So that clears some space, but I feel like other teams with lots of position player prospects just sort of figure it out. And I would be fine if the Mets kind of employed a similar approach where maybe 
maybe it's annoying as fans where the lineup isn't consistent, but I feel like they have at least to give that a shot. It's not like that should be, they should have no fallback option of like veteran. That's why I think if they can get somebody on a one-year deal, like they'll they'll do it. Like I just wouldn't want to sign some with the expectation that like that, that they deserve the like a full time like yeah but if they're role. if it's somebody like yeah. Hernandez or even Soler or Hoskins you got them on a one year deal I mean it's not like they would have that much tied to them that if they right. weren't doing that well they would sit them down or get rid of them I mean we've seen Cohen do that in the past like a Robbie Cano he cut them he cut him with over a year and a half left on his contract he was making he had him like forty million still so he obviously was willing to eat money so. But I think if they could get a stable, or even doctor, someone like Fam, just sign him again. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that too. Like anybody that provides versatility, you can't have like a Daniel Vogelback that's just going to clog up the DH spot. If you have a guy that you can DH, but he can also play other spots in the field that you can still get his bat in the lineup and get other people in as well. I think that's the route they're going to go. They're not going to go somewhere where it's this guy's your primary DH and that's all. Unless it's somebody, another guy who is just coming to my mind is JD Martinez, mm-hmm. who he yeah. still hit really well last year. Over 30 home runs, he hit 270. So he would be just a DH, but I wouldn't mind him. I mean, he crushes left handed and right handed pitching, and he would be a good veteran, real veteran presence for them that's won a title and just really is a pro's pro. So that's the one guy that. Yeah, I think I would that could be worth it if you're going DH. Yeah. But DH other than that, it needs to be somebody that has versatility and that can move around because they don't want to just clog up that spot. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, like we've said, I think there's a lot of room for them to get creative with that. They have, you know, their position players that are the basically there are four that came up within the last like 2022, 2023, and then a few more on the horizon. So we'll see how that all kind of gets folded into the mix. Kind of like it was interesting. I remember saying like before last season, what the Mets really needed was a strong kind of rookie presence in terms of exciting young players because the 2022 team was so veteran heavy. And I think we did. I mean, the team wasn't very good last year, but we kind of did get that a bit, but it still felt stifled at times. And so I guess we'll see this year. I'm assuming in terms of kind of how what those young players roles will be like, I'm assuming Alvarez is going to be the starting catcher oh, for like sure. from day yeah, one. I sure. feel like that's probably not a question based on what he showed last year and just a continued kind of work ethic he's displayed in multiple areas. So that's at least from next year compared to last year, I don't think that's really going to be in question. But yeah, where it will be more interesting is how like Beatty. Mauricio's Mauricio definitely got to be on the roster. He oh, was I, awesome. I really hope so. 100%. He was awesome. Depending on what outfielders they get, especially because then if they could, if McNeil's going to end up playing more of the outfield, depending on Marte's status, which we don't really know, honestly, what the Mets can count on him for at this point next year. But I feel like, again, it, it may depend partly on spring training, but I would really sincerely hope that like all four of those players, barring injuries, would be on the roster unless they just have a horrendous spring situation or some other unforeseen thing happens. But mm. I, I at least think that, yeah, hopefully kind of their... And, and you know who who knows especially with like the new leadership too coming in under Stearns I'm not really I don't know 100% know like what his philosophy is on giving young players more versus less rope when they first come up but I really hope that that isn't going to be like a constant source of tension especially for fans about like whether the Mets are giving their young players a chance or just playing aging veterans that don't really offer anything over them so I'm excited to see where that lands. I think, you know, next going to next year, like my 
going to last year, I was like, they need to give young players a chance. Well, they kind of did. And like I said, the team had other problems, but at least we did get to see those guys play a lot. Mauricio didn't come up till the end of the year. So I'm excited to hopefully see more of a full year of him and what he can offer and just the excitement that he brings. So, yeah, and it's going to be that. interesting like to see how the playing time works out. And that's going to be up to their new manager, Carlos Mendoza. I mean, we haven't really dove into that too much yet today, but he's I mean, I, I don't know how anybody could really have a firm opinion. I know people are obviously disappointed we didn't get Craig Council, but I like the fact that the Mets weren't just used, you know, like they didn't offer him the money the Cubs did. And Steve Cohen was smart in that. And oh, well, he obviously wanted to stay in the Midwest. I mean, that was the whole thing the whole time, I think. And that was reported on heavily. And the Cubs came out of nowhere. I feel bad for David Ross, but what are you going to do? That was he just bizarre, the way they hired they but, fired I mean, Ross, and then Craig Council was like the third line down of the press release. Yeah. It's like... Yeah, but hey, so he went to Chicago, and the Mets got Carlos Mendoza, and I mean, he's highly thought of in the Yankees organization. He's been with them for like 15 years. Uh, there hasn't... Obviously, this happens every time a manager gets hired, but there hasn't really been anybody to have a bad word about him, and... Obviously, some people wanted Carlos Beltran again, and I, I wouldn't have mind if they had hired him. But I mean, I think if you really wanted Carlos Beltran and they hired Mendoza, aside from Beltran having played for the Mets, what's the real difference? Like, they're both really smart baseball guys. They're going to be first-time managers. Like, you just don't know how it's going to go. So before anybody starts freaking out and having these crazy opinions, like, let's see how it goes. We don't even know what his managing style's like. We haven't even heard from the guy yet, so... For people to just be going nuts that we didn't get counsel. All right. It's a little disappointing, I guess. But at the same time, like, let's give the guy a shot. We don't, nobody has any idea how he's going to be as a manager. So we just got to wait and find out. Yeah. I mean, perhaps I'm more oddly more measured on this than I am on most things, but I don't really, I never really saw like Craig Council wanting to come to the Mets like whatsoever. I don't know. It really seemed like if they blew him away with, a ton of money than he might have, but like I just didn't see him as a savior for the Mets in any way. He's a good manager. The Brewers have been very good under his tenure, and he was a player. He could relate to the players on that level. Absolutely. But for whatever reason, I just really didn't see it being likely that he would want to come to New York. I don't know. I just Maybe everyone else was saying it was such an obvious fit with Stearns coming to New York and then Council wanting to follow. Maybe those two like aren't as close as we think they are. Maybe that isn't a huge draw for Craig Council necessarily. Who knows? And I don't know. Like, again, I'm just not surprised at all that that didn't come to fruition. I Not that I really know anything about Craig Council personally, to be honest, but based on what I did know about his, I don't know. I just didn't really get the vibe that he wanted to like come to the Mets. That was the reporting reason. the whole time. Is who knows? I just if he, if never he thought come to New York. You know, people just sort of said that, and the Mets did. You know, their due diligence and tried to get him. I think like the connection was obvious between him and Stearns. His contract was up. It made sense that they were. It made sense him, on but... the surface from the outside, but it just. But it doesn't like... even seem like the Mets were hell bent on hiring him because they were right. very deep with Mendoza. So I like that they weren't just caught with their pants down when Council right. decided he was going to go to Chicago for eight million dollars, which the Mets weren't even offering close to that they gave Mendoza four and a half and I think that's what they offered to council as well so it's good that and maybe that's a good sign for Stearns because I feel like in the past the Mets would kind of put all their eggs in one basket and then just kind of be left hanging so it's nice that they were ahead of it and they had multiple options and it's obvious that they're very happy with their choice and like I said obviously they wanted council but this isn't a bad plan b in their opinion definitely and yeah to be honest like 
I don't I don't know anything about Carlos Mendoza. Uh, That's so, what I'm I mean, saying. So then nobody does. No one, so why are like, people freaking out? Anyone who because they, I think the people unless you're who a diehard Yankee fan, maybe you know a little something about him. But really, what what do you know? He's the I, bench coach for the Yankees. What do people really know? The only thing I think people again who haven't really thought about the situation might think is like, oh well, you know, they fired Buck for this, and it's like, well, you know, a Mendoza is quite a bit younger, maybe can relate to the players at a different level than Buck could. It's going to be, it's a whole new chapter. And there's been a lot of new chapters, obviously for the Mets over the few years, but it's not like they hired someone who has no coaching experience. You know, bench coaches get hired as managers all the time. And it's, there's like nothing here that's unprecedented about a manager hire whatsoever or on the surface, at least. And yeah, he was already with the Yankees for a bunch of years, so he doesn't even have to move. Like this is this is not this seemed like a good fit if you didn't know anything about like Craig Council being. That's why I think the Mets and Council like were never that far along, to be honest, based on like how this went down. So yeah, that again, it's like I I feel like people not to no offense to Craig Council, I just think people are putting him on, I think more of a pedestal than he perhaps warrants in terms of. Is he that much better than another manager? Like, I just don't think so. I don't think he's worth so much more effort to get than someone else. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the Cubs will win the World Series this year solely because of his leadership. I know players in Milwaukee loved him, and I know he had a really good relationship with the community and the team there. I think he's from Wisconsin as well. But I just never really saw that as like a fit with the Mets specifically, even at this specific time with Stearns coming to run the Mets. So, yeah, we'll see what Mendoza offers. Like I said, I've never even heard him speak, so I have no idea like what his postgame and pregame press conferences are going to be like, how he's going to talk about players, how he's going to, you know, what his thoughts are and like how lineups should be constructed and how playing time should be doled out to players that aren't necessarily in the same spot every day. So yeah, I'm we'll, we'll see how that goes. I know the Mets players all really loved Buck. I think, you know, in terms of just the general energy, I think it's totally fine that they're going to have, you know, a new direction in that sense, even though I was really excited about Buck being hired when he was hired, but we'll see what Mendoza offers. Like the manager job, especially in this day and age is not, really that not what it used stable. to be <laughs> like teams be. hire and fire managers constantly and sometimes well, I just hope this guy isn't like fully time. analytic you know like I hope he's able to manage by his gut a little bit and I hope the front office gives him that leeway like look at Bruce Bochy what he just did with the Rangers congrats to them by the way but I just hope it's not he's not a puppet you know like I feel like Aaron Boone and with the Yankees is kind of just a puppet from the front office and I hope that Mendoza isn't the same I hope he has a little leeway to manage on his own but I feel like that's going to be the biggest thing is if he's being told what to do, what lineup to put in, you know? So, I, but I don't think Stearns is completely that way because he didn't handle it that way with council. So right. I think it's going to, it should be, hopefully it's a good mix, but I guess we'll find out. I guess we'll find out. We don't really know anything. We don't really know anything about other no. than we know his like resume. We can speculate and, and that's it. We're, and we got to wait, wait and see. At least like uh, on the surface, it's a logical hire. And, you know, that sometimes always hasn't been said for people that have been hired for the Mets over the past. I'm looking at, you know, from the Wilpon era specifically. So we, I, I don't really, like, this is oddly the most zen I've ever felt about like a Mets manager hiring. I just, not that I don't care, but like, I just have no actual emotion about it one way or the other. Like, oh, cool. No. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it, it is what it is. Didn't I wasn't move. like mad. I wasn't whatever. I didn't really care that much gotta, either way. Wait and see. I don't think it'll make. Yeah, it's not going to be an interesting off season for sure. Oh, it sure it surely will be. And you know, I even if the Mets aren't really considered favorites on the Otani sweepstakes, I'm still very intrigued to see how those will go. Very intrigued to see like if any teams sort of start rebuilding that we maybe thought. I mean, I already saw some stuff today about how Milwaukee might be open to like trading some of their players yeah. or trading more players than people might have thought. So, you know, I know Woodruff's going to be out all of next year. I, I wouldn't be surprised if like Burns gets moved depending on how his relationship with their ownership yeah, and Stearns is. Stearns knows that team obviously top yeah. to bottom. So maybe that's yeah. something. Yeah. I mean, into. would it be a bad look if the Mets like traded for Corbin Burns the first? Oh, I mean, why not? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But, but again, it's like a lot of the resources that they would have had to extend burns come from the ownership it comes from like above what stearns wanted to do most likely so it's not like he was the sole operator and maybe they're you know those rumors coming coming about so so yeah i'm i'm very interested to see kind of what direction certain teams go it seems like the cubs are going to be all in this season based yeah, I on think they're the they're one to watch in like pretty much every free agent i think i think a lot of money to spend and they're, they have a good young core now, so I think they're ready to spend. I mean, obviously, they spent on Bellinger, and they made a run at the trade deadline and just came up a little short, but they definitely have the resources to go out and put a good team on the field for next season. Definitely. And I know Stroman opted out of his contract, so that's like an extra 20-plus million that they'll yeah, have to spend that's big for them too. on starting pitching or whoever. Otani really might go there. I mean, if he leaves L.A., that might that's a big contender for him. Yeah, definitely. So... We shall see. Yeah, very interested to see how that goes. Interested to see how the Yamamoto stuff goes. You know, I know we won't, we'll probably know more. I don't know how much huge player transaction news we're going to get in the near future, other than players, if anyone accepts their qualifying offer. I don't think we're going to get any like huge signings or trades probably in the next few weeks. But once the winter meetings roll around in a little under a month, usually kind of a lot of gears start being put in motion. So I know last year at the winter meetings was when the Mets signed Justin Verlander. There were a lot of signings and stuff that year i remember a couple years prior there were a lot of huge contracts handed out at the winter meetings so i think probably once like especially in november i don't know none of the huge free agents ever sign in november like it just never happens It'd be so. cool, like if mlb had it like the nba and nfl and nhl where it's like the first day of free agency just so many like everyone signs going. yeah yeah like that would be such a cool i don't it know would. how they would organize that but if they could get that going like yeah that would, that would draw that would so be much such a chaotic interest game to the off season. it would be fun all right well thank you guys so much for listening uh, as always you can follow our podcast at cohen's corner pod you can follow me at nymfan97 and you can follow jake at giblin underscore jake we look forward to recording throughout the off season, talking about whatever moves the mets make in terms of you know players other personnel that they may hire very interested to see how Stern's first offseason as the Mets player uh, president of baseball operations goes. And, and yeah, we'll be keeping tabs on all that. And we look forward to sharing more news with you at a future date. So thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.